When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night. Here on Behind the Steel Curtains family of podcasts. And if it's Wednesday, it's time to turn our attention to the Steelers' upcoming opponent. That's what we do here on Know Your Enemy. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Here with me as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing tonight? I'm just ready to talk some football. Excited about uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Absolutely. Here to help us analyze our Steelers' upcoming opponents, our Colts, insider from Believe in Colts, Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right, so the big news, the big news, the big question I have to ask is is going on is the Jeff Saturday hiring. Mm -hmm. How has that gone over with Colts fans? I mean, we saw the national reaction of people just in disbelief that he was uh, hired for this job with almost no NFL experience in coaching. Obviously, plenty of NFL experience. Uh, how how is it? How did it go among Colts fans, uh, former players, stuff like that? How how did how was that move taken? Well, the firing was uh, a big as well. Um, that was a shock am- among the locker room, right? Of you know the firing of Frank Reich. Yeah, that was the big shock in the locker room. Uh, the hiring of Jeff Saturday was also a shock, mostly to people. Well, everybody. I mean, come on. I mean, no one no one saw this hire coming in a million miles. And if, if you say you did, you're lying. Uh, but uh, it, after a moment of digesting the situation and realizing that the biggest problem on the Colts right now 
is getting them to play to their level um, and, uh, and the offensive line issues and the leadership issues uh, going on through the organization. Jeff Saturday didn't seem like a bad hire. He was, he's, he's a guy who's a natural leader. He understands football 100%. Plus, I mean, if you want, um, if you want someone to get their hands in and, and help out uh, with the offensive line play, who better to have than an all pro center uh, that was there with Peyton Manning and, and all them guys who, who understands that situation. I, I actually, uh, after a little bit of thought, actually think that the hire is not a bad, not a bad move. Will he be here after the season? That's another story. I don't, I doubt it depends upon how he finishes the season out. But honestly, uh, right now, currently, Jeff Saturday might be the guy that the Indianapolis Colts need. You know, it's everybody's fantasy to have a former great franchise great take over and start coaching the team. Every time, you know, the team starts doing bad, you're like, oh, the, you know, Ben Roethlisberger would be a great offensive coordinator for the Steelers. And we all know that he did everything off the cuff, you know, off the seat of his pants, and, and he definitely would not be a good offensive coordinator. But the Jeff Sanity hiring, I understand from a motivational standpoint and a leadership standpoint and all the things you mentioned. Um, I was always a fan of Frank Wright, uh, from the player to the coach to the man. Uh, I thought that the hiring last year of Carson Wentz, I thought that was a really shrewd hiring. I thought it was would work out really well in Indianapolis, but it didn't. But what do you think the problem was this year with Frank Wright? Did he lose that locker room? Or, or what was the disconnect? The players liked Frank Reich. That was, I don't think that's the problem. Uh, he was a player's coach, obviously. Um, but the issue was we were having problems across the entire offense. And uh, it, was, it stemmed from the offensive line. And, you know, Ursay kept telling, you know, Frank, hey, do something, make this better, make this better. And he did multiple things over the course of a month. You know, uh, Matt Ryan gets a, a shoulder dislocated, so he starts Sam Ellinger. Uh, Ellinger with a little bit of mobility. That didn't work out. Looked like it might uh, uh, one week, and then the next week it was the most abysmal game the Colts offense had played all season against the New England Patriots. And, uh, he, you know, the, the week before he had fired the offensive coordinator, uh, think it, so with that in a, in effect put the entire offense on Frank Reich mm -hmm. and then when he fired the offensive coordinator and then the following week he looked that bad against the New England Patriots where the Colts didn't even get 150 total offensive yards gave up nine sacks it was it was absolutely mm -hmm. terrible at that point uh it was almost a given you know, that, that Frank Reich was probably out of the seat at that point because everything was on his shoulders at that time. We talked about, um, you know, you, you talked about having, you know, a former great on your team. This team is not, you know, unaccustomed to having former NFL players as their coaches. This year alone, uh, they have Reggie Wayne as their wide receivers coach. They have Cato June. Uh, a former linebacker for the Colts that that uh, went to the Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, and then uh, as their linebackers coach, and then Mike Mitchell, who you guys might know a little bit about, yeah. he's he's an assistant safeties coach for the Colts. So you know this kind of stays in line with getting guys 
who understand the positions that are in need and putting them out there and hoping that that would help uh, make the team succeed. Frank Reich's firing in Indianapolis immediately perked up everyone's ears. Uh, he has been a very, very popular name on like Steelers social media among fans saying, we got to get this guy, bring him in, uh, have him run our offense. Some people want him to be the new head coach. Uh, I, I know the NFL is always a situation where fans look at, you know, two guys with the same record, but if it's on your team, he's terrible. And if he's on another team, he's the answer. Uh, so <laughs> what's your opinion of Frank Reich moving on from the Colts? Is this a guy who's more of a head coach? Is this a guy who could really use a move back to being just an offensive coordinator? Uh, or is this a guy who, who, who kind of needs to do some rehabbing of his, of his coaching right now? Honestly, I think he's a good head coach, and I think he's going to get opportunities to be a head coach once the season is over. I mean, it's possible, depending upon, you know, who is let go um, this season. Other head coaches obviously are going to be terminated this this season uh, across the NFL from, you know, you're looking over there at Denver and, and, and uh, you know, uh, down there in, in, in uh, Arizona, a few other teams out there that just isn't. Uh, playing up to expectations, you're expecting some coaching changes. Frank Reich was already asked, you know, uh, what do you plan to do? And he says right now he's going to spend time with his family, uh, but that he expects to be uh, given some opportunities to be a head coach again this uh, this offseason. So I, I don't see him taking an offensive coordinator position. I think he probably will be taking a head coaching position at some point. I think he's a fine head coach. I really do. It's just – this was a season that I think the Indianapolis Colts had much, much higher expectations mm -hmm. and they were trying to salvage what was left of the season, as opposed to what a lot of people were thinking that Jim Irsay did this move and then went and got Jeff Saturday to think, you know, they were tanking, but by all obvious measures of what has happened and transpired the last two weeks, winning his first game and then losing only by one point to the team with the best record in the NFL this past Sunday, it's obvious the Colts are not trying to tank at all. The Colts are one of the franchises that myself, I have a lot of respect for. Um, I have a lot of Colts friends. I don't know how that come about, uh, but you know, I, I don't know if they like the blue and white uniforms or what it is, but I have a lot, you know, in the area, I'm in West Virginia. There's a lot of Colts fans that I happen to be friends with. I thought that getting Maddie Ice, you know, I, we just didn't worry about it, but I said, Matt Ryan, you know, kind of like Matt Stafford going to the Rams, I thought that might be what Matt Ryan needed, you know, to go into Indianapolis, super strong running game behind arguably one of the top five offensive lines in the NFL. I mean, last year, the last few years, I've been very envious of the Colts offensive line because that's been the Steelers' biggest weakness. What happened? To the offensive line. I mean, how could that line look that bad with Jonathan Taylor running behind him? And they got Quentin Nelson. See, I, I, I don't get to follow him. What happened? Give us some answers. Okay, so the Colts have three really good offensive linemen, and they pay mm -hmm. all three of them $15 million or more. Uh, obviously, you already talked about Quentin Nelson. You got the center, Ryan Kelly, and you got the right tackle in Braden Smith. Uh, all of them are, are signed, uh, will be, you know, Colts players for years to come. The issue is the left tackle and the right guard, and that is the uh, the root of the problem. Um, the guy that we had for the left tackle, Matt Pryor, just was awful. Uh, the guy that we had as his backup um, that come in, Dennis Kelly, 
was not playing very well either. And then the people that we were placing in at right guard didn't have the upper body strength and power uh, either. They didn't have the upper body strength and power to handle the defensive tackles that they were going up against, or they couldn't see stunts and twists coming. And, you know, they would be caught by that. And next thing you know, you know, Matt Ryan's laying on his back or Jonathan Taylor uh, has to make something happen in the backfield, which, you know, is it is what it is. Uh, Jeff Saturdays came in and, um, you know, he said, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put two young guys there uh, at left tackle and right guard. Uh, our rookie, Bernard Ryman, from this year, last year's rookie, Will Fries at guard. And they're going to go through growing pains. But they're going to sit there and they're going to play and they're going to get better snap after snap after snap. That's the goal. You know, as opposed to what Frank Reich was doing, which was playing musical chairs, basically, Mm -hmm. with both positions all season long. Because anyone who understands football knows that if there is a position group that is only as strong as the weakest point in that position, it is that offensive line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's the issue with the Colts offensive line. They've got all pro guys sitting at three positions, but... two positions really need a lot of extra help and some experience now. Going into this game for Steeler fans sitting here looking uh, at the Colts offense and a, and a Steelers defense that has been struggling this year. And it's not what we're used to seeing. Uh, what are the big threats right now that you have to watch out for from the Colts offense? Ooh, that's a good question. Um <laughs> The Colts have weapons. The Colts have phenomenal weapons. And a lot of people don't see them because Matt Ryan hasn't had time to get rid of the football, right? Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is still Jonathan Taylor. He just hasn't had an offensive line uh, to really get him out there. When you see uh, good blocking, Jonathan Taylor gets great yardage. Um, The issue is the Colts ain't been able to throw past 10 yards very much at all this year. They're... uh, Matt Ryan's uh, air yards per attempt is by far the worst in the NFL right now because it's just no time to throw. Um, But uh, receiving threats, Michael Pittman Jr. is still a very solid target. Um, uh, We have a rookie, Alec Pierce, had some drop problems, but has a lot of speed for a 6'3 receiver and um, has shown the knack to be able to go up and get 50-50 balls. And then Paris Campbell, finally, staying healthy, has been a huge benefit uh, at, from the slot position, uh, a six-foot guy with, with uh, you know, 4-2 speed, you know, and has shown that he could catch footballs over the middle, contested, take a hit, and still hold on to the football. He's a guy who can take a, a little short screen pass and go 80 at any time. Uh, a tight end that has really emerged for the Indianapolis Colts is Kylan Granson, who is uh, about 6'3", 220, very fast, very, very quick, and very solid in the run blocking as well. I would say the guy that you want to probably hone in on, obviously, is Michael Pittman Jr., but you got to keep an eye on Paris Campbell because he could take one to the house at any time. Yeah, I was um, – we wrote a good bit of articles – because you knew the Stewards was going to take a wide receiver in the first three rounds. And one of them I was high on was Alex Pierce. And, uh, 
you know, I'm glad to see he's doing well with the Colts. Uh, as you said, he's not getting a lot of opportunities, but, you know, he's made some big plays, especially to the end of the games. And mm-hmm. I was Elliger was in there. I said, oh, Pierce is going to disappear. But now the Ryan's back in. He's getting some opportunities. But um, on the defensive side, you know, the, the Colts we talked about before the show were looking really strong, uh, especially against the run. And you look at how much time uh, Shaquille Leonard's missed. Now, there's a guy that, again, was on the Steelers' wish list. I wanted to see him take him, and, and uh, again, he ended up with the Colts. And how are they uh, doing so well uh, with Leonard missing so much time? Well, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, obviously, uh, we changed defensive coordinators. Uh, our former defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. And we went and got Gus Bradley, who's more of an attack-style defensive front than he is a containment-style defensive front guy uh, the way Eberflus is. So that allows our two defensive tackles, who are maybe the best defensive tackle combo in football, uh, between DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart leads the NFL in tackles for loss that are not sacks. Without sacks put in, he leads the NFL in tackles for loss in the run game. Um, very, very great duo. Uh, the linebacking core, very deep as well. Uh, we have two guys. Uh, two of our linebackers are in the top 10 in the NFL in tackles, uh, including the guy taking over Darius Leonard, Darius Shaquille Leonard's position. Zaire Franklin leads the NFL in tackles, you know. So that's that helps out a lot, and then our secondary has just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, between, um, you know, Kenny Moore the second, Stephon Gilmore's came over, has shown that he's still that you know Gilly Lock from years ago. Uh, we got a very deep safety group, and and Julian Blackman, and and Rodney McLeod, and uh, we got a rookie Rodney Thomas, and Nick Cross. Two, two, two rookies uh, backing up a couple veterans. This, this, the defense is very, very deep overall, and that is why the defense has played so darn well this season, even with the loss of Shaquille Leonard. The big thing that we've noticed with Shaquille Leonard being out is the massive drop-off in turnovers, though. You know, we don't get the turnovers that we used to get with Leonard. We're able to stop people from getting total yards and and scores and touchdowns and stuff like that, but we're not getting the turnovers. I mean, Shaquille Leonard had a hand in 15 turnovers last season. That's ridiculous. So far this year, uh, the Colts don't even have that many. I don't even think they have half that total, you know, as a team. So that's, that's a situation where you obviously see the drop off with Shaquille missing uh, due to the, his back neck injuries that he's had. With the, you talked about the two tackles. The Colts have a really good full, the full front four uh, mm-hmm. with Yannick and Glockwe. Uh, I I was born in Michigan, huge fan of Quiddy Pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's looked like he's turned a, a corner and really stepped up his game. Is that the strength of the, of the defense? Cause I like, Steeler fans, we know what that front four can do when it's really mm-hmm. good. And just even if they're not always producing stats, the amount of time they caught off the quarterback's pocket time, all of that. How good is this front four? Uh, and is and is this really the driving force 
of the Colts defense. Oh yeah. Uh, every, every Colts player that I've talked to has stated how important that front four has been this year uh, for everything, whether it's, you know, containing the quarterback, you know, uh, getting to the, the running backs, things of that nature, getting pressure on the quarterback to help them cover things of that. It's been absolutely phenomenal. And, and the thing is, it's the depth that has really helped. Obviously having four, you know, guys up there on the line who could play at a very high level is great, but depth is so important when you could have a guy like DeForest Buckner play set only 70 or 80% of the snaps don't have to be out there, you know, 90, 95% of the snaps that allows that your best players to be able to stay fresh all game long and play at a high level, even late in the fourth quarter. I think that is a lot of the key, not just, you know, the, the quality of the starters, but the quality of the depth pieces they have across that defensive line. I don't know how familiar you are with the Steelers, uh, but the Steelers really struggle. The offensive line struggles with talented interior defensive linemen. And as you said, the Colts have two. Mm-hmm. So when the season at the beginning of the year and we're looking at the schedules, I was like, oh, you know, we didn't know what the Steelers offensive line was going to look like yet, but going back to the last few years and the Steelers interior offensive line is a little stronger now on the left, I mean, the right side, but they still do struggle with, you know, that kind of talent. Um, That is, that is to me is going to be the, the matchup to watch the key because the Steelers is so important that they can move the ball and run the ball effectively between the tackles. Everything is built off that. And looking at this matchup with the Colts defense against the run, especially with them two tackles, um, it, it could be bad. Um, that being said, um, I was a big, I wanted the Steelers to go after Gilmore if the price was anywhere realistic, because the Steelers, this defense would look so different with a cornerback one, you know, a true cornerback one. Um, what kind of impact, how big of an impact does he had for the, for the Colts so far this season? Absolutely phenomenal. He's had of the four wins. He's made the game ceiling play on three of them, mm. right? Whether it's an interception or, or, uh, a pass breakup, you know, to to, to end the drive and, and 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 win the game for the Indianapolis Colts. Stephon Gilmore's been absolutely phenomenal coming in uh, for the Indianapolis Colts this season, and I was incredibly happy with that hire. Actually, uh, the fact that you know he comes in on this deal where he's he's only making about ten million dollars a, a year, and he and he's got a two year, so he'll be here next year as well. And that's just, that's great uh, considering, you know, the level of play that you're getting from a number one lockdown corner. Uh, He came in, you know, because of the additions that the Colts had grabbed this year, thinking that the Colts were going to be, you know, this great team, you know, the addition Mm -hmm. of Matt Ryan, the addition of Yannick Ngakwe, you know, guys like that. Uh, Rodney McLeod coming in from the Eagles. You know, he come in and, 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 and signed a two-year reasonable contract. And the fact that you could put him on the other team's number one wide receiver and not really worry about that receiver killing you 
mm-hmm. downfield is huge, right? It is oh, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. huge. We The Colts themselves have not seen that in many, many years. And this year has just been one of those years like, well, Gilmore's on AJ. He ain't getting 60 yards this game. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's basically how it worked all how it's worked all year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it's it's absolutely fantastic. All right, we're gonna real quick uh, take our commercial break for the. So we'll we'll be right back after a, a short little pause here. If you're on YouTube, stay with us. If you're on the, uh, if you're listening to this on podcast form, enjoy this commercial break. And a dog bark. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> Lawrence. <laughs> uh Talking about this defense and how good it is overall, where is a point where they are vulnerable? Like what kind of, uh, you know, what, what kind of things have they struggled with or had problems with this year defending? That is a really good question. Now, um, defending, a couple things that I have noticed at time that they're really good against screenplays. Uh, they're, they're good against, uh, downfield go routes. You get them on <laughs> skinny posts. You can get them on a drag route. Uh, that is your best opportunity, basically over the middle. Uh, you could get <laughs> some yardage, but it's not a lot. They're better. They're they're really good on the perimeter. Uh, they're really good against screens. So, and I, I I understand that uh, Matt Canada doesn't have any plays going over the middle, is it? <laughs> yeah, how, how are you defending jet sweeps? How are you defending jet sweeps? <laughs> with with twelve guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, I was talking to Rodney McLeod about, um, and I'm gonna give a little heads up for uh, the episode that will be dropping tomorrow because I have a. Uh, the Colts starting strong safety. Rodney McLeod is, is one of my co-hosts over on Believe in Colts. And we were talking about who was the guy that the Colts will be focusing the most on uh, with the Steelers offense, you know, and they were just, uh, it was unanimous uh, between him and former Colt cornerback Gerard Powers. They were saying, dude, Najee, b- without any doubt, they'll, they'll have, they'll have a spy on him the entire game. There's, there's no way that um, they want him to be the guy that 
will end up breaking their backs on a play on a, on a third and short or something of that nature. So um, that's that's a situation uh, where also I think run some play action, run some things that looks like it's going to go Najee's way, and then maybe go like you know looking a safety off towards Najee or something, and then go uh, a different direction that might actually help a little bit as well. Okay. The way the AFC is this year, there's, you know, a couple teams that seem to be separated from the pack with the Bills and the, the Chiefs, and then it's kind of open. There's opportunity. There was a lot of people saying, oh, the Steelers can beat the Bengals and, you know, go to four and seven. I mean, four and six, they're still in the hunt, which I've thought for a while that it's been a rebuilding season, and now I think more people starting to see that. But the Colts, they do have an opportunity, like they went on a run last year. This mm-hmm. is a common thing for the Colts to win multiple games in a row. And if they do that, um, they're right back in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even though they lost to the Eagles, watching that game, it was just – the Eagles destroyed the Steelers. I mean, it was just – it wasn't even fair. It, you know, they should have called it – if it had been a softball game, it's – the mercy rule, but the, you know, the Colts had every opportunity to win that game and in the missed field goal and a couple of things ended up killing them in the end. Uh, do you think that the Colts and the fan base really got a, um, a breath of uh, maybe encouragement or motivation uh, for the rest of the season, even though they did lose? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, well, first off, I mean, the Colts led that game the first 97% of the game. They they gave up, they they were leading at one point by two scores right up until the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, right? Uh, when uh, they they scored a touchdown and then they went and they got the other touchdown. That they didn't take the lead uh, until a minute and a half left of the game, right? That was that's hugely encouraging. You know the the, the Colts fought their butts off in that game against again, you know could arguably be the best team in the NFC uh, right now. They, they have the best record in the NFL. So, yeah, definitely. Even with a loss, sometimes you walk out of that yeah. with a little yeah. bit of encouragement, you know. You're, you're muted there, Jeffrey. Sorry. Where do you think this Colts team is heading? Is this a team that's ready to make a push to, to maybe make this season a little bit more meaningful? Or are they – or are we really looking at a team that's like, you know what, if things had gone right, we would have been there. And now we're just looking to, to really build for next year. Well, I mean, there's still seven games left yeah. and in the playoff race, they're 10th, uh, their seventh playoff spot. So they're three spots out. Uh, they definitely have a chance uh, to be able to get in there and, and still make the playoffs. I think they might be able, might be able, to get in with nine wins because they have that tie, right? Yeah. That's the only opportunity that they have. The only way a nine win team gets in the playoffs is if they have a tie to go along with it. Yeah. Um, and I think they have a shot at that, but they could only lose one more game and end up being nine, seven and one. Yeah. Nine, seven, and one this season. So they really have to really put forth the, the Colts know that, you know, the players, the coaches, everybody knows that situation. The only way they're going to win is if the offensive line plays well. 
when the offensive line is able to play well, then, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is able to play well. And Jonathan Taylor is able to play well. Because, I mean, come on. If your defense only allows a team to score 17 points in the game, which is a lot, you know, a lot of times this year, I, I literally looked at it. If the Colts had scored at least 20 points, just 20 points in every game this year, they'd have eight wins. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's how good this defense has been playing this year, right? Uh, just 20 points, and they'd have eight wins. But the Colts ain't been able to score 20 points but two different times this season. So, you know, they've won a lot of games scoring 12 points on offense, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's a situation where if they could just get some kind of rhythm offensively, which it's there, they've got the talent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the reason why the hire of Jeff Saturday happened. But, uh, you know, to get that offensive line moving a little bit better. If it, if it happens week to week to week, we see just even a little bit of improvement across that offensive line, there's a chance. There is a chance. And, and they're definitely fighting for that. They're not giving up. Well, a couple of years ago, the Colts started out one and five and made the playoffs. As you as you were talking about earlier, you know they can go on runs. They, they, mm -hmm. they they've known for that. You know, I think is to the novice fan, you just look at the records at this point mm -hmm. in the year, and you're like, somebody's like, oh, the Steelers. At least they can beat the Colts, and they can be like this. I'm and I'm like, you ain't been watching the Colts. I mean, you <laughs> haven't seen that defense, and you haven't seen why they've been losing. And, and, and I couldn't answer that because, you know, I didn't know what was going on with the offensive line because I know how dominant they have been and are capable of being. The Steelers are a very young team mm -hmm. in an obvious rebuild, and it, people didn't want to accept that. The Colts were built to win now. They have the talent. If you, I was looking up and down the roster, and I'm like, dang. Mm -hmm. They've got talent, and they've got depth. Mm -hmm. So if they can get in, there's always a team that sneaks in. If they could get in, they ain't going to be a mercy killing in that first round, the wild card. If they get in, they're going to be a tough out. Yeah. And if you get hot at the right time, the Steelers have done it. You know, other teams have done it. And you can, you know, you can make noise. In the NFC, you know, the Eagles right now has got the best record. But the more I look at it, the 49ers look like that they could be the best team at the end of the year in the NFC. It's possible. Yeah. Um, them, them or the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Cowboys just because they've looked like this before. And then, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, so I, I, I just, but the Niners, they're like the Colts. They have a tendency of getting better as the year goes on. Mm -hmm. And then they're hitting on all cylinders in the playoffs. Um, and I look at the, the AFC and the Colts look like it to me. Because it, like you said, if that offensive line and the talent's there, you got three top guys. If you can solidify those other two positions, that's a scary team. So, yeah. um, you know, finally, with Saturday in there now, um, what kind of impact uh, do you see him having, uh, not just on the offensive line, but on the the, you know, him bringing that, I mean, you see the difference in the way they're playing, in the in the effort level, and the the intensity, and and he's not doing it at raw Ross, you know, screaming on the sidelines. He's just a very positive. He brings it kind of like he played. 
you know, and he brings that intensity to the sidelines. Do you think that's going to be a good fit with Matt Ryan? Because they need Matt Ryan to start playing more like Matt Ryan to get into the, the playoffs. Well, what I think is really going to help Matt Ryan is the fact that the head coach is the, is the offensive guy, and he's on the sideline right there watching the game. Uh, there was been, uh, apparently throughout the games this year, whether it's a wide receiver, a tight end, uh, an offensive lineman, even a running back, if they miss a play and Saturday sees it, when they come off the field, he grabs them off, he grabs them and says, this is how you take care of that block. You know, right there. That's coaching in game. That's yeah, yeah. that's something that's huge, you know. And again, I don't think Saturday's there to go rah-rah, you know, because the Colts have 18 pro bowlers on their team. Yeah. 18. <laughs> they have nine all pros, a former defensive player of the year, and a former NFL MVP. You know, they've got the leadership. To be able to go, guys, keep your heads up. This this season's not over with yet, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, uh, the biggest thing to me is Saturday being able to trust in his assistant coaches and inspire the ins- assistant coaches to be able to do their best. I think that's bigger. It's it, it's not necessarily to do with the players. And I think it's the fact that he can lead that coaching squad and get them to play at their best, especially in the game. All right. That's great stuff. That has been yeah, great. Definitely. Lawrence, you've been a great guest here. We're going to get you out of here here shortly. But before you go, we want to get a prediction from you for this game. Now, I you said uh, before we went on that you have you are dropping your prediction tomorrow morning on the Believe in Colts podcast. So if you guys want his score prediction, you'll have to check that out. But give us a little heads up what you think we can expect in this game. Okay. So obviously you can you can you can check out my channel on YouTube, uh Lawrence Owen right here. You know, it's very simple, easy. It has the Believe in Colts and Colts Law stuff on there. I see this as a game that's going to have some turnovers in it. And I see it as a high scoring game because of the turnovers. You know, um who wins, who loses you'll have to check that out in my opinion. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot uh, of, of offense in this game. I think there's going to be some scores probably that happen uh, in short, you know, short field scores, things of that nature uh, due to, you know, turnovers or flipping a field uh, because let, let's face it. All right. I actually love the pass rush. I absolutely love the pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially with the way Highsmith has came on and then the return Mm -hmm. of T.J. Watt. It's really going to be, in my opinion, wreaking havoc if the offensive line can't handle those. Matt Ryan, you know, you you could see, you know, strip sacks or interceptions. Minka always seems to come away with a pick or a pick six against the Colts. So, you know, it is what it is. Um yeah, I see I see some turnovers in this game. And because of that, it'll be low offensive yards for both teams, but both teams will end up scoring quite a bit. Hmm. Love the prediction, man. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, before we let you go, go ahead. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find Believe in Colts, uh, where they can get all your stuff. All right. My name's Lawrence Owen. I have the Believe in Colts podcast where I have – 
former uh, NFL cornerback Gerard Powers on my show and current Colts starting safety Rodney McLeod. Uh, you could find that podcast anywhere you listen to any audio podcast. Uh, it's also on my YouTube channel. Uh, we drop three uh, videos every week uh, where we have a preview for uh, the next game, a review for the previous game. And then we talk about just NFL in general for that past week. Plus, I have my Colts Law Show where we discuss basically the Indianapolis Colts uh on everything uh and those are our live streams that i use so yeah feel free check me out over on twitter and instagram at colts underscore law all right thank you so much lawrence for coming on our show uh, happy thanksgiving lawrence hey happy thanksgiving yeah. to you guys as well yeah absolutely <laughs> all right man we'll let you go and where shannon and i are gonna can uh we'll close up the show here all right have a good one you Stay too ahead. man all right Shannon, we've we've heard we've heard from about the cold side. We know we know what's going on here with the Steelers. Uh, how confident are you coming into this game? I'm not. Uh, I, I wish I was. Um, I'm not. I wasn't as confident last week as you was, and uh, you know, and I understood why you were confident last week and what and how you know. But, you know, I, I did pick them to lose, and it's hard for me to do. But, you know, I'm trying to be honest. And the situation being as is, and and uh, as I was talking to Lawrence, our, uh, their defense is just – I expected them to be a top-five unit this year. And there's been a few issues, you know, uh, Darius Leonard getting hurt, or Shaquille Leonard uh, is what he wants to be called. But with him being out, they haven't missed a beat. And they're losing games not because of their defense. It's because of their offense. And they have so much talent up and down the roster. Proven guys. Experience. And they're built to win now, whereas the Steelers are the youngest offense in the NFL, the least expensive offense in the NFL. And it's that's just all rebuild, baby. That's all that is. Uh, and I just do not like this matchup. And then when you put those two defensive tackles, Against the line, the line's playing better, but where they really struggle, because they they it takes double teams for the Steelers to handle one of those guys in the middle. Yeah. Well, there's two of them, and there's only five linemen. Yeah. Uh, it, it just it just and then they got Gilmore. So if if Johnson thought he was covered, now you know if I was the Colts, <laughs> I'd put Gilmore on Pickens. Yeah, uh, because Pickens. I can't imagine who, Pickens winning that. It plays right into Gilmore's strengths. Yeah, and that's and you know has the talent, but he ain't there yet. And so Johnson, if he does catch eight balls, he he might get fifty yards. You know the 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 weapon that they need to worry about is Pickens and Frymuth, because yep. I think that they're going to shut down the Steelers' running game as much as I hate to say it. And then you know it's going to put all that on Pickett, and Pickett's trying his darndest to not turn the ball over. So I think you could see lots of three and outs. Um, and maybe, just maybe, if the defense plays this week and matches up better, which I do think, you know, with Matt Ryan at this stage of his career, the Steelers might match up a little better than they did against Burroughs, um, that the Steelers could keep it low enough to keep a low-scoring close game. 
But but I'm I'm not very confident going into this one. Me either. <laughs> uh, I think I think he talked he talked about their right guard mm. and their left tackler, their weakness. That's Larry Ogunjobi, and that is Alex Highsmith. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, those Steelers to me, the Steelers' real hope in this game that you have to hang on to and and hope for some good results is Alex Highsmith against mm-hmm. that left tackle and that TJ Watt show because. It doesn't matter who your right tackle yeah. is. If yeah. TJ Watt is on his game, if he, it doesn't matter. The guy can be mm. whoever you want. Uh, if you're not Anthony Munoz in his prime, you're probably going to struggle. You're mm. going to have a hard day out there. So for me, Alex Highsmith, we need that man to have a phenomenal game for us to even have a chance here, mm. in my opinion. Like he said, they have talented receivers. Yeah. If we are not in that backfield getting – to Matt Ryan, making him uncomfortable and not letting him read the defense, they're going to carve us up. The The whole Bengals game, we lost that. 37 points against the Bengals was largely due to the fact that they were able to play and hang with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and keep those guys largely in check and give Joe Burrow enough time to get the ball out. Not a ton of time, but he had enough time. And if you give Matt Ryan that, we're going to have the same problem. He'll pick apart that secondary. Those defensive backs are not that good. Arthur Millett. I mean, I think they'll want to use Millett to try to help with against Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. But Arthur Millett matched up against Paris Campbell is not a good matchup. Nope. Matched up against any of the three wide receivers is not a good matchup. Again, the, the two things that stood out to me, Euro's Vertex article today, which was excellent, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I was watching Thank the you. replays and the clips, and I see the same thing when I was re-watching the game. The one play that Perrine caught that ball, the first touchdown, if you watch, everybody picked up a guy and went with the guy. Millett, who started out on the left hash, he kind of went back in a little bit of a zone-like, and then the play starts going that way. But Ray was just started going that way. He cut, dove into the middle, went right past the, the offensive lineman that was four yards downfield, but there wasn't no penalty, which the Steelers get that constantly, the illegal man down mm-hmm. Where was Millette going? I'm still, I'm, for the life of me, I even said it on your, the discussion thread, what was that man doing on that play? Because they, they, it was just a stroll into the end zone. There was no resistance. Yep. Um, Millette, these calls, these defensive coverages do not make sense. It's like they start out and then the offense makes an adjustment or, you know, a, a quarterback like Burrow at the line and the Steelers don't adjust accordingly. But what Millette was doing on that play, I have no idea. Yeah. And, and one of the one of the big problems we had in that game as well was speed uh, with T. Higgins going up against uh, just lost his name Wallace Levi Wallace. I was going to say Lawrence. I'm like I know that that was our guest name. Uh, mm-hmm. Levi Wallace against <laughs> Higgins. He's just getting run all over the place. He couldn't keep up oh, with yeah. him. And this game, you've got you know a guy with four three speed. You got a guy with four four speed. You know you this is not an offense that that isn't going to run on people. And the other guy 
You've got a 4-3 guy, you got a 4-4 guy, and then you've got Michael Pittman, who's 6'4, 223, mm-hmm. and runs 4-5, too. Like that's we don't have good matchups here. For well, like Lawrence said, Lawrence said the pass rush has to get there. Has to. Matt Ryan, you know, again, being there all about it, you lose that mobility, and then you don't have the time to look down the field. So yep. that's the hope is that the Steelers can get enough pressure. Yeah. Basically, the 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 Steelers' defense needs to make more big plays that set up or score points, either set up for points or score the points themselves than the Colts' defense. And, man, that's going to be hard to do because I think the Colts – like, I, I don't think this offense is going to have any success against that defense. Just the matchups are bad. Their linebackers can cover tight ends. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's not good. Well, you look at the the what made that unbelievable hand-eye coordination. Oh, People don't goodness, even yeah. can't comprehend. Much less having a guy pushing in your sternum while yeah. this is happening. And a guy's five foot, six foot away from you, throws as hard as he can, and you're just going to snatch it out of the air? Yeah. I mean, that's insane. That, that's a freak, man. That's just a, a, an alien. Uh, you know, that is incredible. They didn't score. They got a field goal off of that. And part of the reason, if I was thinking, wasn't that the play where Harris dropped the back shoulder? Yeah. Third down, he dropped it. Yeah. I think it was that same series. But that's what I'm saying. Even if the defense puts them in favorable down and this, I mean, on the uh, positive side of the field, they have to be able to capitalize on those opportunities. Mm-hmm. And as Lawrence said himself, said, y'all's offensive coordinator doesn't utilize the middle of the field, does he? Everybody knows it. Not much, yeah. So so everybody can cover. So could this be the game that Friermuth gets – 12 targets, but he gets a lot of them in the middle. Is this the game that they let Harris and Warren finally float through the line and then hit them in the middle of the field? You know, that's five, eight yards all the time. Teams do it to the Steelers constantly. You see it all over the NFL. The Steelers ain't doing that this year. I mean, they might hit them in the flat. They'll throw to the running back in the flat, but Harris ain't getting the rims he got last year. And you know, that Warren going out against the Bengals in that first uh, half was huge because he converts so many of them third down opportunities. Um, and so hopefully he's back this week and, you know, that will be huge, you know, to help them in them third down situations. But like I said, the, just looking at the matchups, I'm not confident. I'm not either. Uh, with that, let's, let's go ahead and get to our predictions. Uh, Shannon, what do you see? What do you see the score looking like in this game? Well, I keep, like I said, I keep thinking uh, that the Steelers are not going to have the offensive success that they had last week. I, I, I'm not, as everybody knows, I'm not as much worried about the wins and losses as I am about seeing improvement, chemistry growing with Pickett and Pickens and Firemuth and, and Johnson, if they will use him correctly. Um, I want to see some improvement getting the ball to the Harris, you know, in the passing game because he's being underutilized. There's, there's things I'm looking for. I just don't think this is a good matchup to do any of that. Uh, Because again, whoever Gilmore's on is 
I'm sorry, but he's just ain't going to have two or three catches on the game. Yeah. Uh, and if they try to force it, I'm afraid he's going to get an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I'm always wanting to see the Steelers win. I think it'll be a close game, but I'm thinking it's going to be something low scoring, like a 20 to 14 or 20 to 17 Colts victory. Yeah. I, I I'm with you on Gilmore. Uh, that it, it, seriously, if I was the Colts, I'd put him on Pickens. Yep. I'd just be too. like, if if you want a rookie throwing to a rookie <laughs> with Stefan Gilmore in there, go go ahead, go ahead and do that. Stefan Gilmore is going to destroy you. There's nothing George Pickens can do that, that Gilmore hasn't seen and defended before. Uh, and there's there's some lessons he can teach that young man about about what cornerbacks in the NFL can do. The the run game, I'm not confident our run game can get going. I don't think we're gonna and I, and if the defensive line, if that front four can handle the run game, then Pat Fryermuth is gone. Like you, if you're not pulling linebackers up there and having them really worry about stopping the run, then they can cover Fryermuth. Those linebackers can mm-hmm. cover uh, the safeties they have. They can come down and cover the the cornerbacks they have are good matchups for what we have with just i mean gilmore on pickens and then you've got deontay johnson force him underneath and and sure yeah it can get four yards a catch have fun with that you know that it's it didn't work before it won't work now uh for for a winning offense and on the steelers defense it's, it's just gonna wear down in my opinion, they're, they're going to have the ability to wear us down because you're not going to see long drives from the Steelers. You're not going to see extended plays. And, and you're going to see a lot of snaps for this defense. I expect this one to be kind of ugly. Uh, and I think I think we're looking at 24 to 10. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. 24 to 10 with the Steelers offense just really doing absolutely nothing and probably a touchdown off something that the defense sets up. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm scared you might be right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shannon. Uh, anything you have coming up? Anything you want to plug for our listeners? Yes, I've. Uh, it's an article waiting in the query about. Uh, nobody's really talking about the Jalen Warren Mason Cole injuries, and how that affected the second half, especially of that game against the Bengals, and how losing two guys that are reliable. Uh, like that affects a rookie quarterback, especially the quarterback center, you know, that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, you go down through time and, and, and you had Ben and Pouncey, you had Bradshaw and Webster, Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. I mean, there, there is a, a trust factor there. And, and, it, and you were outside of the quarterback, the smartest guy on the offensive side of the football is almost always the center. Yeah. They, they have so much responsibility. They have to be able to communicate, you know, uh, make decisions, leadership. They're the enforcer a lot of times. And when he, when Mason Cole went out, this is nothing against Hassanar because he has really worked hard to turn himself into a quality backup. Me and you both thought he had no business in the NFL mm-hmm. his first season. Well, yeah, he, I remember that. Neither one of us thought he did. He and now he, he is serviceable. He oh, is yeah. a serviceable backup, and I'm proud of him. But there's a huge drop-off from Mason Cole to Hassanar. And in the second half, I think they only tried three or four inside runs. Yeah. Even attempted because I think Canada knew they're not going to be able to run with Reader in there and Hassanar like they did when they had Cole in. 
So mm-hmm. that's what the article kind of touches on about two guys that went that were not there that nobody's really talking about. But you know, that was a huge part of the season and they had a huge impact in that, not being there in that loss. Uh the other thing I'd say is uh, you know, this being the pre-Thanksgiving show, uh, I just wanted to thank how thankful I am for uh being able to work with you here on our podcast, uh, for our community. Uh, for all of our listeners, uh, the people that follow us, uh, they're our family. They're our Stiller family and, and our brothers and sisters uh, that love the black and gold. And, you know, it, it's t- been a tough season, but I'm thankful to be a Stiller fan because I know there's brighter days ahead. And everybody's just got to keep the faith. And, uh, you know, everybody eventually has to rebuild, and that's where the Stillers are. But that if we approach it with the right attitude and the right mindset, you know, it, hopefully it won't be very long, but uh, I am very thankful uh, and for everybody and uh, God bless. Yeah, it's 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 amazing that like you think about this season and how how bad it's been. And like so many teams have gone through these seasons so much more than the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as Steeler fans, it's kind of weird to not have hope for this season. Mm-hmm. Right. Even 2019, we were one game out. We ended one game out of the playoff picture. Last week, we're talking about, man, if we can somehow beat the Bengals, we're back in the hunt. We're back in it. And, I mean, we're out. Right now, we're, we're out of it. We're probably not getting back into it. It's pretty safe bet that we're not. But, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how how good we have it when, when, you, when you think with that attitude. And you kind of look past just right now and you look at the bigger picture. Uh for myself, if, if I have the Vertex article with Dave Schofield that came out today. You can go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com right now. I think it's top. It's right near the top page. One of the last four articles that went up there. You can see that we talked. Dave and I talked about uh, the running backs for the Bengals and how they just absolutely torched the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And really, I link it back. It's easy to link back to the cornerbacks and the linebackers and how. Really, we can't defend top receivers without help. And when you put that help in there, you open up other things. And it's mm-hmm. valid for this upcoming game. It's valid for a game in which the receivers are going – that our corners are going to need help against these receivers if the pass rush can't get there quickly. So They, with need, that, a, they need a cornerback one. They do. We, we talked about it. Gilmore would have been wonderful. But, yep. you know, I understand them not doing it, seeing that they – I think they realized it was a rebuilding situation. Yeah. With that young of offense, but uh, you know, Gilmore's in a better spot to have a chance this year. But yeah, they need a guy like Gilmore. <laughs> they need somebody. They need a real number one corner. Doesn't have to even be like a superstar number one. Yeah. Just someone who can handle the job. Like 2017, Joe Hayden, when they brought him in, what he did for that secondary just by oh, being yeah. a guy who could handle that job. Mm-hmm. Right? We have nobody who can even handle the job right now, let alone do well at it. Uh, in closing, hey, I want to thank Lawrence Owen for coming on here. And if you're a regular on the show, you've noticed we've had a lot of really great guests from the Believe Network of podcasts. I want to give a shout out to Cam Rogers from the Believe Network. He's been working with us mm-hmm. to give us some of these guests and get us a bunch of them. Great guests, great network. Uh, make sure you're checking their shows out and visiting those people, talk, seeing them on Twitter. It's it's a great interaction uh, and a great network to have with all the former NFL players they get. Uh, for me, for Shannon, 
for the entire Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. I want to say thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being in the our live chat, for talking. We love reading and seeing all you guys in here. Thank you for reading our articles and, and commenting on those. Uh, we we love the we love the discourse. I know Shannon and I are, are frequently in articles, writing and reading. I don't write as many comments as I used to, uh, but I but I read almost all the comments in a, in a lot of the articles. Uh, so definitely come in and and engage and and hang out with us. We we like seeing you. We like having you around. Uh, as always, have a great week, especially tomorrow. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time. And. Enjoy and think about the good things you have in your life. But most of all, let's go Steelers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.